This is weird shit that my mom says. Episode 20. I'm just Creighton. I'm CC Alice. Zero, man. How did we, we get to 20? I have no idea, actually. Like, I feel like I'm not good at committing to things. So congratulations to you for helping me be committed. I know. That's weird. I'm actually not very good at committing to things either. But really? This is, I don't, is it, I don't, I don't feel like, were you joking? Yeah, Obviously, that was me being an asshole. <laughs> It took me a minute. I was like, I was like, do you view me as a committed person? I'm to be to be fair, I'm almost 38. I'm really not married. Dude, I was trying to figure out the other day if you were gonna be 38 or 39. I for some I reason in my head I panicked. Really I panicked when I thought you might be 39. I did math earlier this week to find out if I was gonna be 38 or 39. So Okay, yeah. Turns thirty-eight. So I called. I called Lucy. Um, I called her a sixteen-year-old the other day, and she got like really pissed at me. And she goes, "How would you feel if I said that you were? Because she's almost sixteen, like months away, right? Like three months away." And she goes, "How would you feel if I said you were forty-four? And I'm like, "Bitch," (laughs) because that's. Are you gonna be forty-four? No, I'm not. Oh, I was like, you're gonna be forty-three, right? Anyway, it sent her into like massive giggle fits because I was like, <laughs> because I was seriously like, you thought I was going to be 44? What the fuck? Yeah. No. Okay. So I have a story to tell you that I've been waiting to tell you on, like, we've talked a lot in between. We haven't actually recorded in like three weeks, right? Yeah. Um, And I have, I have this story that happened like really shortly after we recorded last time and we've talked a bunch of times, but I just wanted to wait and tell you uh, while we were recording. Okay. And so, so a few weeks ago, I was driving to our parents' house, which is kind of in the woods area. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even dark outside. It was broad daylight in the afternoon. And this deer comes and is just like on the side of the road, which is a normal thing to see happen, except that it was a little bit darker in color than usual. And the first thing that my brain thought of was, oh, my God, is a goat man? <laughs> instead of saying, like, instead of just being like, oh, there's a deer or like a wolf. The first thing that my brain thought was that it was a goat man. It was like it was running with you, like with the car at like 30 miles what? per hour. No, it was just like it just like hopped out of the trees and then it like stopped because there were cars. So <laughs> it was <laughs> That's where my brain's at. Oh, that's awesome. So remember how you're you're doing a challenge. So what is it like? Uh-huh. Like I'm awesome seventy five days. What's what's the thing called? It's not. It's called seventy five hard. Oh. And Okay, yeah, so I'm on I I forget what day I'm on. Let me look it up really quick here. Well, I don't Just really to report. Care. I'm pretty sure that I'm literally halfway done right now at this moment. Well, I don't care how like, good you are. I did my challenge. I made some voice recordings of things to tell you. Oh, you did? 
Yeah. Are you going to like play them for me or is it? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play me? them for you. No, I really do actually give a fuck about how good you're doing. I I was being oh, an okay. asshole. And you just, just like took to it like everybody okay. how good I was. Okay, then tell I'm just going to make my check mark in this here really quick. So I'm on day 38 right now. What the fuck? Do you made it? Like you actually did 38 days? Yeah. You're not even lying. Like your face tells me you're not I'm, even lying. I'm not even lying. Oh my god. I'm such a loser. Like one day. Okay. I've never done anything like this before. I've never committed to anything so strongly in my life. Except for this podcast. Except for this podcast. You're married to this and podcast. I'm married to the podcast. I'm married to 75 hard. 70, I've lost 23 That's such a pounds. gross thing to say. How much? Yeah. I've lost 23 pounds. Holy shit. And I, I do believe I've probably gained some muscle too because I have been lifting as well. So yeah, it's been really good. I haven't had sugar even. Um, I did quit strange. sugar. Okay, well, I, I you say that lightly, but like I've been trying really hard with the quitting of the sugar for like three weeks. Like I take my coffee. Look at it. It's black. Do you see that? It's black. I'm taking oh it like God, a pill. I never thought you would drink a black coffee. I know. It's so fucking gross. It's like drinking a thing of dirt. Oh, so you don't even like it? No, but I have to do it. Can't you get some other kind of caffeine that... Yeah, I did, and then Just I realized take a I was pill. No, I don't know why I said that so passionately, but nothing's like coffee. Oh well, I took up a lot of time. It's we're at five minutes already, or almost six minutes. What? Okay. Do you have anything to share, or do you want to start talking about this shit? Well, I think we should start talking about the shit, and then when things get heavy, then we could go back and listen to some of my voice recordings. They're not very long. Okay, I like that idea. Oh yeah, a lot is this has gonna happened. Get heavy? A lot has happened in my in my life down here. It's been it's been pretty dark and dingy. Um, Hurricane Ian. She's in Florida. Yeah, Hurricane Ian came through. It did not hit us, but it did impact our family. Um, so that's not fun stuff to talk about. So mm-hmm. actually, the voice recordings are much funnier to deal with. Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Doc's been hard at work down there. So he has. There's uh, kudos out to him. So the doc has, um, he helps out with some of the emergency mortuary stuff down here in Florida. Yeah. When bad things happen. And um, it's been a rough, rough couple of weeks for him. So he's home again. That's good. And, you know. Our hearts do go out to all of, of the victims down there of the storm. It was catastrophic. Yeah. Like, can't even tell you how bad. Um, TV does not do it any justice. I'm sure not. Yeah. You, you have to be there to see that kind of stuff, I'm sure. You do. So if you're down there, hearts know. going out to you, thoughts, prayers, all that good stuff. Yes. So... Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about the lighter side of 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 life uh life ending. What are we talking about today? I'm so excited about this topic because this is something that I've researched 
on my own without taking notes, you know, for the last five years of me too, my me. life. I've ton of I've just I really You've I went on a rabbit hole one night. Tana. No. <laughs> I went on a rabbit hole a long time ago because I read some story on BuzzFeed and it got me reading this book. And so I have been straight just in just blown away by stories of reincarnation for a lot of years. And it's something that Jules and I talk about frequently before this yeah. even, yeah. just on a regular basis. And so we're going to really tag team this episode and talk about some reincarnation stories and things like that. And I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about it. No, I don't know. So I, I'll I'll preface it by saying, like, we were, we were raised Christian, um, mm-hmm. like Baptist to start, and then mostly evangelical free. So, I mean, like... We we did go to church when we were kids, you know, like had that experience and whatnot. And so I don't want to ever take away from other people's uh, belief systems. Like I understand that it's just my belief system has morphed as I've gotten older um, into what makes sense to me, you know, and I think you too. Yeah, absolutely. We have things that overlap even between the two of us, I think, and things they don't. Um, and that's Okay. Jules had more religion in her upbringing than I did because she's five years older than me and our parents kind of dropped off. They gave up. <laughs> and they gave up on raising kids. Not, they they did a little bit. Yeah, I was just kind of like a free range kid. So I helped raise you. Okay, that's why you're you did. so fucking cool. Yeah, and I helped raise your kids and that's why they're so fucking cool. And you too. I mean, you're awesome as well. I was like, I gave you commitment issues. I claim that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We did a pretty good job at co-parenting. Okay, so do you want to start with a story or like how how do you want to start this? Well, okay. So we broke it down when we were talking about this. We're like, how should we do it? And I was like, okay, let's let's get some stories. And I was like, I'll take boys and you take girls. Did you abide Mm -hmm. by your by the rules? Yeah, I have girl stories. Okay, good. I was like, did you I, not abide by No, I did. I looked it up. God. No, okay. I actually had to look back and be like, <laughs> which one did I get? But I got. Yeah, I, I got, reminded you. I got boys. Um, And when you go into these stories, uh, the one that happens over and over and over again on all the podcasts, on all the things, people talk about this little boy named James who thought that he or thinks that he was a World War II fighter pilot um, that died. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally not going to tell that story because guess what? If you want to hear that story, you can go to like a billion other podcasts and TV shows and all that other good stuff. It's a great story, but I'm not going to fucking tell it. Um, Are you telling Movie Star Kid? I'm totally telling Movie Star Kid, but I'm saving that one for last because he's Oh, he's funny. the one I've heard more than anything, honestly. Okay, because he's, he's hilarious. This is really good, to be honest. Yeah. So one I am going to talk about because it's it tugs at my heartstrings a lot. Um, there's some from 9-11. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's some from 9-11. And I accidentally came across this this woman who has like basically it's, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like a one minute podcast. And she sounds like she's talking oh. like in a robot voice. But she's basically giving like... Um, 
this is going in a weird direction. But I think yeah. she's basically like a medium. And when she has like things to say, maybe she doesn't want people to hear her voice or whatever. But I hear this little one about um, 9-11 and she was calling it like, um, she's like, this was a mass exodus from this earth because like as a culture or as a generation, like there was something to be learned. And I'm like, oh, that's that's deep. Um, anyway, it brought me to some other school of thought there. I'm like, I wonder if there's any of these stories about 9-11. And there are. Um, well, it brought me to think about if we should be, should we be roboting our voices right now? I am roboting my To mask my our voice. identities. I am telling you a story <clears throat> about reincarnation. This hasn't been my real voice the whole time. <laughs> this is my real voice. <laughs> kidding ladies and gentlemen that is why i love my baby sister as i do this yeah okay so that's okay like seriously let's get back to 9 11 okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so this woman um i took this off of an article that was online um her name is rachel nolan um she was just having like a discussion with her little boy Thomas about his career. Like he's four, you know, and she's like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, that kind of thing. And he said, quote, I don't just want to be a fighter fight. Let me start over again. A fighter fighter. He wants to be a fighter fighter. Okay. Quote, I don't just want to be a firefighter. I have always been and already am a firefighter exclamation point. I used to go to work in the morning and in the evening, I would take off my fire proximity suit. Okay, the four-year-old. How old was he saying? A fire proximity. Oh, four. He's four. So, he has like a friend who's a firefighter. Like, either he watches a lot of documentaries about firefighters, or okay, he also said that he saw a picture of the World Trade Center, like in a magazine, and he pointed it out yeah. to his mom. Um, this is that, you know, after some time had passed and he was like on the, the firefighter train where he's like, I'm going to be one. I am one. Right. Yeah. So he sees this picture of the World Trade Center before it collapsed. And he says, the bad men burnt these buildings and people had to jump and I couldn't help. That gives me chills to just say it. And then he said, there were people waiting for firefighters, waiting for me, but I could not get there to help them. Like this, this random little four-year-old just says this. He also said that he used an axe to check for fire behind the walls and to escape and to help people. So he gave the exact model of the truck that was used by the firefighters in Manhattan, which is a Ford Johnson R8. Um, and the mom, Rachel, she's like, she's like, what the fuck is this? You know, like there are no firemen in our family like this. Like, where is he getting this information? Like, yeah. To know the model of the truck. Um, he talked about his friend named Mike, who was also mm-hmm. a firefighter with him. And he was talking about, he was upset because he didn't know if Mike survived. And then one day he saw a whistle, like just like a, whoop, whoop, 
you know, like a whistle that you yeah. blow on. And he told his mom, he's like, I can use this to wake up other firefighters when we get called or if they sleep too late. <laughs> anyway, um, another part of it is he said that he used to ride in the front cab of the fire truck, um, even though he was not the chief. So that probably would have made him like a lieutenant or the captain of the company. Um, yeah. And he said that his friend Mike was on a different truck with the men okay. who were older. So that's a kind of creepy but cool story. Um, it gives a different spin on, you know, like a horrific thing happened. And how do we view that? It's It's nuts to me. Um, yeah. do you want to just alternate back and forth with the stories? Do you want me to tell another yeah. one? No, I can tell no, one No, you now. go. You go. Yeah, so maybe I'll start off not in the order that I have these in. So a couple of them that I have, there's a guy who does research. I think it's at the University of Virginia, and I didn't write that down for myself as notes. His name is Jim B. Tucker. He took over the work of Dr. Ian Stevenson, I believe, um, who's been studying I took notes on him, for, too. Okay, for, for about, you know, like for 40 years, I think, or more. Yeah. Um, they, they do most of the research in the world on reincarnation, so there's always a ton on them. Uh, most of mine are from Jim Tucker's book, uh, that I have, but there is one that I pulled from. There's a TV show that I watch that is older. It's been around, but I didn't come across it until recently. It's from 2013 is the most recent season of it. It's called Ghost Inside My Child. I don't know if you've ever watched are it, you... but if you haven't, you should. No, I have. I haven't. But are you referring to his book, Return to Life, Extraordinary Cases of Children Who Remember Past Lives? Uh, yeah, the one that I have is a like that book mixed with another book. I don't remember the name of the it's like a combined version that I bought. Okay, so, that was really just um, me trying to prove that I took some notes. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I uh, yeah, yeah, I, I copied that and pasted it. So, okay, oh, okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs> All right, so this first story that I'm going to tell is from the show Ghost Inside My Child that I watch on Amazon Prime. If anybody's interested, I would totally recommend watching it. The cases aren't as substantiated as some of the ones that you research sometimes. But this one I really liked, like, A, because it comes from Buffalo, Minnesota, which is oh. in kind of northern Minnesota, a little bit north of the cities, like, of Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Sure. We have, for my business, I, I talk to people and know people that live in Buffalo, so it hit a little bit more close to home. Um, so they're about 40 miles northwest of Minneapolis, and there were two parents named Teresa and Craig. They already had four kids, but they had a fifth, Amy. Oh, sorry, I booped the microphone. So Amy, their fifth, was the youngest, and when she was born, she was unfortunately born about three months early, was about two and a half pounds at birth, oh. so a very, very tiny baby. And if any of you are familiar with creamy babies. I know I am. There's a lot of things that could kind of be behind sometimes developmentally mm -hmm. for kids. And you watch them really closely for the first few years of their life. And unfortunately, their daughter, Amy, just didn't talk much at all. That's And so the first few years, they're just kind of like, okay, whatever. She's communicating with them still. She's 
getting motor skills and things like that. Everything else is fine, but she just doesn't speak at all. Hmm. And for the first few years, they're like, okay, but five, she still isn't talking. She would just gesture to them to get what she wanted. And they did start to get really kind of concerned at that point. Um, can, I, they really can I interject? Just, yeah. Well, I, I just find that interesting because so many of these said that a lot of these kids actually learned to speak in full sentences Early. much earlier. Okay, so go on. Yeah. That's I'm very odd. familiar with that. This is a there's a, there's maybe a reason for this. And so they went, I mean they they got her hearing checked. They could not find anything physically wrong with Amy whatsoever. So pretty worried about it, but on her own, just clicking through TV channels or whatever it is, she discovers silent movies. Is she Helen Keller? She gets, no, she's not Helen oh. Keller. Okay. But she just, like, she's four years old and just binging silent movies. That's fucking weird. Yeah. And so one day while she's watching these silent movies, she would all the time would try to dress up and get clothes that were like <laughs> that style in the early 1900s. And so she just loved like that movie star glam look. And so- yeah. There was one day where her mom is just like, whatever, she's watching the silent movie and all of a sudden she runs into the bathroom and she goes in there for a while. She comes out and it's not uncommon. So Amy started applying lipstick to herself when she was three years old and she could do it perfectly. Oh, I did too, but I covered my entire body and mom and dad thought I was bleeding. Yeah. We've seen plenty of kids try to put makeup on, believe me, mm -hmm. Jules kids. But yeah. yeah, so this little girl is just... Her mom was like, I couldn't believe how perfectly she could apply lipstick, but she wore it all the time. And I, oh her God. mom was like, I'm a girly girl. So I was like, this is my last girl. And she's so girly and I love it. So anyway, but she goes into the bathroom and she's there for a little bit. She comes out and she fully sets her hair and curlers perfectly and what? ties a bandana around her head. <gasps> no. She I was bet. like, it was perfect. It I was, that was so weird. Fucking adorable. I bet it was so adorable. Oh but also, God. wouldn't you be freaked out if your little girl went in the bathroom and just magically perfectly set their hair? I'd be like, Grandma, is that you? Yeah. My daughter just learned how to use a curling iron in the last year, and it took her a while to get the hang of it. I mean, our girls just made a silent movie in black and white. Oh. I you got to see, see it when you come, come down. down. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's just one situation. But her parents would say when she would watch the movies, she would just kind of go into a trance almost. She didn't wouldn't really react to anybody. She just was so just set on this. And so five years old, she's still not speaking. But then they just they can't figure out what's going on. And so let's see here. So all of a sudden at six years old, she just started talking. Like when you there say were not no, talking. it wasn't like difficult speech. Just what do you mean that she I guess she like, didn't speak at all. She nothing, nothing. Not even no. like Mom. She just gesture. Dad, this is my dog. No. They the, the the way that they described it made it seem like there was like no verbal communication whatsoever Dad. until she was six years old. That's really weird. Okay. Yeah, it is. I mean her parents were like she was very they had described her as eccentric and quirky. <laughs> I guess. And 
She was also really fearful of a lot of things, too. So she didn't really like to leave the house at all. She her she had brothers and sisters. They would go out and play. Her dad's like, dude, you're in Minnesota. It's going to be really cold soon. It's the summer. Go outside and play. Right. And she just she didn't want to be out there. And she knew that it was weird, too, that she didn't really want to go to do anything. And she knew it was strange that she was obsessed with these old movies and she knew that other kids weren't into that but she just decided she was a loner and she was okay with that oh and yeah just she just knew it was weird but she just needed that so she would ask her parents for movie posters to decorate her room like old old movie posters yes and she was obsessed with going to antique stores but unlike you well she would get fascinated with the things in antique stores but specifically clothes that were in antique stores and one of the first creepy things she said to her mom is that they were looking at some old dresses and she goes hey mom I used to have a dress just like this one but it was yellow and I wore it to this party and this nice man bought me a coke (gasps) oh my god I know so that's one of the first indicators are you feeling like maybe we should have asked more questions of my three children when they were little? Absolutely. Because especially the last one, especially Lucy. I know, but if you think about it, like Frank, little old man. Oh, yeah. Kira, for sure. Kira talking in full sentences at a very young age. Like all three of them were have been loners like didn't understand children i'm like is this something i'm doing and then i started watching these or you know listening to these stories and i'm like oh my god i feel like we should have asked them more questions when they were little you gave birth to a few old souls they are literally old people they are old souls i think and one of them i think is a spirit guide but anyway so (laughs) (laughs) let's get back to Amy though okay because I I took a lot of notes in this case so I might be this might be a long episode so that's um we could split it if we need to so nine or ten years old this is still continuing but she becomes obsessed with old movie stars especially those who had tragic early deaths oh no and she constantly talked about dying young all the time which of course is further concerning her parents mm-hmm. her mom would try really hard to get her to focus on happier things and her mom and dad are just adorable by the way too they're just Aww. very quintessential midwestern minnesotans well, they're cute if you go by these stories we get to choose when we come back who we're gonna have be our ma and pa so yeah and the way that that their daughter talks is nothing like other parents talk but anyway so um she talked about this all the time. The parents are starting to feel just more and more helpless over the situation. It's not, I mean, it's not some of the stories where we hear that they have nightmares every night and terrible things, but just really concerned about their daughter's social abilities, I think. And sure. so at some point she starts talking about this old actor named Jack Pickford, who I was not familiar with. Me um, neither. Yeah. So this is described as her first crush when she's 10 years old. Oh, no. She was the actress of a – or there was an actress named Mary Pickford who was apparently America's, America's sweetheart between the 1900s and 1930s. Okay. 
Um, but what we know about Jack, about Jack Pickford and how he's portrayed in the in the, the world, if you go out and look him up, is as a wife abuser, an alcoholic, and apparently he died of syphilis. Amy was obsessed well, with him, which obviously very much concerned her parents. Right. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, she's 10 years old and she's reading these blogs and articles about him online and she would get upset and she'd say, you don't even know him. Like she'd be talking oh to her God. mom and be like, like, you don't even know him. Like, what's your deal? So so she just, she researches these people continuously. And when she's 12, she just happens to come across a picture of an actress named Lucille Rickson. And there's just something in her that just feels sparked she tries to find more photos of this girl online but there's really not a lot of just still photos of Mm -hmm. her on the internet and one day she goes goes up to her mom's 12 years old and she goes mom this is this is me this is who i was in my last life i know it this is me her mom is like i have no idea who the fuck this person is (laughs) right actress and so her mom said it felt like somebody socked me in the gut like someone when told her this. can you please say, really that in, can say that in Minnesota? You know, it's really hard for me to do an accent even if I haven't heard about it. I've like been, I need to hear the accent right beforehand. I've been uh, watching. Feels the like Dahmer. somebody socked me in the gut. Oh, you know, like, oh boy, feels like someone socked oh me in the gut. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of. It was great. <laughs> so they did some more research then on on Lucille because. This just felt really familiar to Amy. And they found out that Lucille died at the age of 14. This girl had a very tragic life. Yeah. So she was an actress and she was a very popular actress in silent films. She had one of those crazy stage moms. She started acting at five. She was really beautiful. She was called the youngest leading lady in Hollywood. She worked long hours, and sometimes she played the role of a wife in films, even though she was 13, 14 years old. She also, toward the end of her life, was ill and was bedridden a lot, and I would assume that working a kid so hard might have something to do with that. And when she, her mom, when she was 14, so her mom had passed away from a heart attack, and when she died, she fell on top of Lucille. (gasps) Yeah. And then Lucille ended up dying two weeks later. And her last words were, mother is waiting. <gasps> what the fuck? But I guess that she died of tuberculosis and not from situation, but still. Wait. Amy thinks differently. Amy thinks that she didn't die of tuberculosis because she remembers looking down and seeing a lot of blood when she was dying. But there's nothing to really prove that. Who died? Who died? With a lot of blood, the mom or the daughter, Lucille. Lucille, the like daughter. she thinks Lucille. like Lucille was murdered. Amy remembers dying and seeing a lot of blood around her, and that's all she remembers from it. So she doesn't think it was tuberculosis. Like how the fuck? But there's no foundation for that. Oh. But yeah, so once she figured this stuff out, it started triggering some other memories and. She had memories of being on set with Jack Pickford and him drinking a lot of Coca-Cola. And after her mom then starts researching her mom's like, I sat down and just found as much as I could about this girl. And I guess Lucille Rickson and Jack Pickford did work on a number of movies together. Um, 
Yeah, and it's just a lot of mention of Jack Pickford drinking Coca-Cola all the time. And I was like, well, it had, ca- it had cocaine in it, so I guess <laughs> there's that. But she says that, that she remembers Jack Pickford calling her darling and sweetie. And she said that it wasn't in a creepy way that it melt really felt like he cared about her genuinely. And it wasn't kind of like hitting on her as a young girl, but just but genuine. She so she saw this. She, she had a crush, yeah. And so there's not a lot you know, here that we can really know for sure that this is what happened. It's possible, you know, that she was just obsessed with these silent movies and she came across this girl and decided that she liked her or whatever it was. But she did get a chance to go to Hollywood when she was 17 years old in hopes that she would find some closure on the past life. And there's definitely, and they, they do interview her on the show, the way that she speaks and acts and wears her hair and makeup makes me think that there's some other kind of older soul going on in her. So She's definitely not an average 17-year-old girl. The way that she dresses they... is just different. Okay. It's did, cute, but Did different. she, like, did she lose any of her memories? Like, a lot of these kids, when they reach that point of what, like, you know, six, seven, eight, they start to lose some of their former memories. This is one where she really wasn't. No, she's not really. They they went over to the, the home and were just outside of the home that she died in. And she was able to feel a lot of the memories of just being in a bed there and how sick she was. So she was still experiencing those memories. And I've seen some cases on on that show in particular. You know, that's those ones aren't quite as proven as some of the other ones that we'll, that I'll talk about. But Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen quite a few of these situations where when they go to the place, it sparks it. And some of them are carrying them into early adulthood where others aren't, but some That's of them are. Crazy. I think it depends on how unsettled it is. So this next story um, is about an Air Force veteran reborn as a little boy named Cade. He started to have nightmares at about the age of three. Like he would wake up in the middle of the night screaming, um, talking about airplanes crashing into buildings. He talked about the Statue of Liberty and also about his leg being broken. Um, A little while later, he started drawing pictures. One of the pictures that he would draw was of two tall skyscrapers with a man falling off of them. So his parents, uh, with all of the information that was happening with this, they started to wonder, you know, if it had something to do with 9-11. The other thing... Where did he live at? um, I'm not sure that it said in here where exactly he lives now. Um, I was just curious. But what they did also say is that he suddenly came out with this, my old name was Robert Pattinson. Like he came out with a... F- Isn't that the name of the guy that is on... Is that the actor from the Twilight series? Just kidding. It's not Pattinson. I just said that wrong. It's Robert... Okay. I- Pattinson? Oh, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Or we could call him Pattison. Okay. I'm just going to look up really quick because I need to know if that's the Twilight. Yep. Robert Pattinson is... The Twilight 
vampire actor. Yes, yes, he so. is. But this is not this is not the vampire twinkly guy. Okay. Got it. There's no twinkles. Twinkle skin. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Twinkleskin was also in Harry Potter. Do you remember? He's the kid that died. Yeah. And Harry was very upset. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. he was Mr. Twinkleskin. But this is Robert yeah. Pattison, not the other. Okay. Um, okay. And this guy, Robert, had, like, it is, he's a re- he was a real dude that did die in 9-11. Um, and he had an office in the North Tower. And from his office, he could see the Statue of Liberty. Like, that was proven. So, Cade also went on to say that in his previous life, he was honorably discharged from the U.S. military, from the Air Force, and that on the day of the attack, the ceiling above him had collapsed and he couldn't reach the stairs. So, that's terrifying also. Um, Yeah. So, they did find out. They went and looked. And there was a a man named Robert Pattison, who was a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, and he did work in the North Tower, and he was located, his office was located on the 110th floor on the day of the attack. So, makes you think about the fact that he very likely fell out of that window. So that that kind of thing is creepy. So that one's a little bit, that's one of the shorter ones. Um, How many stories did you find in total? Because I might just do this other really short one. I have three in total. Okay. So I have three in total. On the the 9-11 thing, the last one I have is that Hollywood boy, um, which is actually a very entertaining story. (laughs) Um, It is a good story. So I'll just do this other quick one. It was another 9-11 one. The mom's name is Lucia. She does not share her son's name, um, but she did okay. claim that at the age of four, her son started describing what had happened on 9-11. Um, he said that he was a worker who died in the attacks. Um, he saw a photo of the towers, and he actually like identified the window of where he used to work. Um, he told his mom, that's where I worked, mama. And he also said that the building fell like it was on fire and it fell. And then he said, mom, I'm still buried there. I know. Oh no. Yeah. So those ones are, those ones, I just like, they gave me chills when I was hearing about them, reading about them, whatever, more so than a lot of these other stories that you hear over and over and over again. Like it just, yeah, it's deep and thought provoking to think about like do we choose this is it something that we're like oh you know i have a lesson to teach or to learn i I don't know that's that's crazy it varies i have thoughts on that that could be a whole other episode honestly right (laughs) because that kind of stuff is what really got me into this in the first place me too not the actual it's not even the actual what your life is but what happened in between is really where I started in my research. But, um, okay, I have another girl case here. Okay, I'm going to butcher literally the, the pronunciation of literally every name and 
town that I talk about in this and other stories. Likely, I have been having a hard time finding the pronunciation for Thai for this first so one. Just get out the and how to say things, night. or when I do, yeah, or when I do get it, I think that there would be no way for me to say it without sounding wrong in how I'm trying to pronounce because I'm hearing somebody who's from like from Thailand uh, pronouncing it <laughs> I can't totally say it like that without feeling like I'm weird so I'm trying my best here so this story is about a girl named Ratana Wongsambat possibly and she was born in Bangkok in 1964 her father went and meditated quite often at Wat Mahahat which is a large template or large <laughs> my my autocorrect put it as template instead of temple so it's the large template i'm reading okay but the it was a large temple um that that particular temple has over 300 monks and it is on one sorry i booped the microphone again it's on one side of bangkok and the family's home is on the other side of bangkok and her father would go there once a week to meditate, of course, but Ratana really at 14 months, because she started speaking a little bit early as well, she Holy starts asking shit. her father if if she can go there with him. She really wants okay. to go there with him, just really excited about him being there. And so finally he gives in when she's 14 months old and he brings her for the first time. And she starts and this is, I mean, like, I'm just thinking back to my daughter who barely could communicate with me at 14 months old. She couldn't walk even. And 14 months. Like she's asking, yeah. can I please go to the temple? That's how this is happening? Yes. Like, I don't know. Like how, I mean, I don't know. But I'd imagine she's, I mean, how do you tell somebody? And it's not like, I, I don't know. 14 months. How do you know your 14 month wants to go to someplace else? Because they take here. their animal cracker and they bite it into the shape of the temple. And they're like, here. Yeah, I don't know. This is where I want to go. Yeah. So they get there, and she's pointing things out and where they are in the buildings. Mm-hmm. And she tells her dad. And so this is where I'm like, she was. She must have been speaking complete sentences because she's able to communicate all this stuff to him, and she's literally under two years old. That's nuts. So she tells him. That she had been a Chinese woman named Kim Lan, who stayed at the temple, and she lived in a green hut there with a nun named Mei Chan. She was eventually driven from the temple. I'm not really sure why, but she ended up moving to a district of Bangkok named Banglampu, I believe. So, like, somebody didn't want her there anymore? I guess, yeah. So, she ended up having one daughter and she said that that daughter lived in her original hometown and she gave the name of that hometown but i couldn't find it in the book in china and yeah and then kim lan had said that she did go back to her hometown toward the end of her life she had a surgery but she died after the surgery so this is what she's telling her dad she tells her dad that she was upset because her ashes were scattered and not buried like she asked for them to be oh and her dad is like, I don't know anybody named Kim Lan. I don't know this person, but he doesn't really make any attempts to verify her statements either. He's just like, okay, this is weird that my, 
I mean, I don't know if he knew how weird it was that your 14 month old can communicate all of this to you, but he's just kind of like, okay, whatever. I, I don't know what to, what to tell you. Thanks for giving me all this information about your last life. I do know that on that, like in that part of the world, people are more open to the thought of reincarnation. Yeah. I think yeah. that they're just like, okay, cool. That's what you did in your past life. And it's not, I don't know if they, maybe they don't go out of their way as much to confirm things because it's just, they all believe that they are reincarnated at one point. So I, I or a lot actually, of them do. Like I cannot wait for there to be like a grandchild because I'm going to try to talk to the child as if they are an old soul. I'm going to be like asking them all the tricky questions. You should. I should. You might learn something. So getting back to this Ratana. So that visit, whatever. He's just like, okay, whatever. But he takes her back again when she's two years old because she's asking to go back. <laughs> and as they're passing a large group that are somewhere within the temple, she's two years old and she yells out, Mei Chan, to a woman that is in the group. What? Nobody responded, but Ratana told her father that she lived with that nun and she points her out and she goes, I lived with that nun in my previous life. <gasps> so her dad at this point is like, okay, maybe maybe I need to start seeing if I can verify some of this stuff. So the next day, time that he goes to the temple to meditate he finds that nun that she had pointed at, and her name is Mei Chi Chan Suthapat. Uh, Mei Chi is an honorary way for them to address nuns in Thailand, meaning mother nun. Okay. And I, again, I probably butchered how I said it. I'm very sorry. Um, so some people, including someone she knew with the name Kim Lan, her name was Kim Lan Prayun Saputmater. You did not and say that, right? She said that she, yeah, for sure not. But she said that this Kim Lan did call her Mei Chan. Oh my God. And that Kim Lan had died a year and a half before Ratana was born. <gasps> so through that, they were able to get in touch with Kim Lan's family, and her daughter confirmed a whole bunch of Ratana statements that she had made about the life, including the matter of her remains. Kim Lan had wanted her ashes to be buried under a specific tree at the temple complex. But when her daughter tried to honor her wish, the roots of the tree were so extensive that she ended up scattering the ashes instead of burying them because she couldn't dig. <gasps> okay. Yeah. And then it just was like very um, broad about the fact that she was able to confirm a whole bunch of other statements that she made about Kim Lan's life. That's nuts. Crazy. Yeah. It's one thing I believe when people like every, a lot of people have stories about their kids doing and saying strange things mm -hmm. when they're really little um, that could have to do with reincarnation. And it's rare. And I, I do believe those. Right. But there are personal yeah. experiences that other people can't verify generally. And in these situations, like, yes, the parents could be lying or something, you know, that sure. there are things that could happen. Absolutely. But it's just crazy to me when they're like really able to almost prove that these things happen and that's what really got me into this right? in the first place with some of those stories but um this yeah that's just so crazy can you imagine somebody coming up to you and being like hi um i know your mom died and there's a little girl a toddler who's telling me that she's your mom 
And I need to know if any of these things were true. Can you imagine that? I am imagining it and I want it so bad. Yeah. I yeah. want it to happen. To well, me. if I'm so one of the the things like one of the indicators that you're going to be able to remember your last life is if the person who you were before in your past life, you talked about reincarnating. If you're like, I'm going to come back and find you when I reincarnate, those things really happen. So if I die early, I just want to say this right now out loud, and maybe even for Anna when she's older, I'm going to come back and talk about me. I feel like there's no way that I would shut up. And freak everybody out. Right. I am totally not convinced. Like, I, I want to go to one of those, like, hypnotherapists and see what they, like, yes. what comes out. Okay, so we were just talking about this before the episode, but I have, like, so it's a thing where, like, if you have birthmarks or something like that, a lot of these, like, one little boy, mm-hmm. he had a birthmark that was, like, like, smaller on the front of his head and, like, larger on the back, and in this past life that the exit wound. yeah it was the exit wound from a gun shot like in one of these stories um i didn't do that story but that's just an example of it so i think i read that story in <laughs> we, jim tucker's we book, were talking actually. about yeah. um, he studies extensively those birthmark cases yeah so. so my belief is that so i have this one part on my leg that's fatter and i really hate it <laughs> she does i'm pretty sure that it has to do with like an injury that I got on my leg that like cost him anything. But I'm just going to stick with the story that in my past life, somebody hacked the shit out of my leg. Like the upper part of my Could shin. Be. Okay. That's what happened. Yeah. I just read. So I have a phobia of rings. You do. But I cannot it's explain. really weird. Like rings on your finger. And it might not even be my commitment issues. And <laughs> Really? <laughs> It all comes full circle. No. And so I was just so outside of reading about reincarnation right now this last week, because I do have to read 10 pages of like a self-help nonfiction book. And so I've been reading through Dale Carnegie, one of his books. And there's a story that Dale Carnegie was like a speaking teacher, like adult education kind of person if you're not familiar and he has leadership theories and they still have company. Can you just stop trying to be a better person? Like, you're making me feel bad. Sorry. I'll bring you with me. No, so there's a story in there. And I guess when he was a kid, he was playing in a barn and he had a ring on his finger and he was jumping off of like hay bales in the barn and his ring got caught on a nail (gasps) and it ripped his fucking finger off. All the way off. All the way up, just clean off. Like he's like jumping like a little kid, like having fun, and his finger just fucking rips Did off. Did they put it in a glass of milk? And I think and to put myself, maybe I was Dale Carnegie in my last life. <laughs> I don't think I was Dale Carnegie in my last life. Did they put the finger but, back yeah. on? No, they couldn't. It was just gone. He said, like the whole he fucking was like, but once finger, you or accept, just a piece of the finger. He's like, you just accept and you move on. You don't miss it. And you can't flick people off. Just his whole fucking finger. Whole finger just gone. He just he was like, I have three fingers and a thumb on that hand. Holy shit! Oh yeah. Well, I it doesn't stop me from trying to stick my rings to your skin. And I feel like it's gonna I leave like a burn that on nice. you or something. Like there's some sort. That's what she acts like. She acts like if I take a ring and stick it against her skin, like it's burning her. Oh, I got wiggles from that. Just don't oh talk my about. God. It. 
Anyway. I don't like it. All right. Let's talk about. What's your next story? Let's talk about Hollywood. Okay. So there's a little boy named Ryan. My last one I has. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a little boy. His name's Ryan. He's from Oklahoma. Um, so when he was like four, he's not really a little boy anymore, but yeah. No, he's really not. In the story that I read here, it says a few years ago. And I was like, mm, I think this is a lot more than a few years ago. But when he he's was like really four, a, he's an adult now. he woke up screaming at two in the morning. Um, you know, and his mom, her name's Cindy. Um, and he was like begging his mom to take him to the house where he'd lived before. So she's just like, okay, fucking weirdo. I don't know what your deal is. But he wanted to go back to his glitterati life. Remember glitterati is a word that we learned yes. last time? He's a fancy person. He he was sitting there. He actually said to her, quote, I can't live in these conditions. My last home was much He's better. sick of slumming it. Can you imagine? He's like, he's like Donald Trump in the White House. He's sick of slumming it. He can't do this. He wanted back his big house, his pool, his fast cars. It was so fabulous, right? Can you imagine your four-year-old being like, I can't live in these conditions? Like in your regular ass house. And he kept on saying the same things to her. Mommy, I'm so homesick. And she tried to comfort him, you know, rock him to sleep. And she said he was like this little old man that couldn't remember all the details of his life. And it was so frustrating and sad. So, yeah. So she takes him like he keeps on talking about Hollywood and whatnot. So she decides to go to the library with him and they borrow a pile of books about old Hollywood. And she brought them home. And then she sat down with little Ryan on her lap and they started to go through these things because she was hoping that like the pictures might soothe him you know like make him feel better about these bad dreams or whatever it is that's happening to him um instead he got like more and more excited as he started to look through one book in particular um they came across a a photo from a 1932 movie the movie was called night after night and he stopped her like he was yelling like mom stop stop that's me that guy's me the old me like, he pointed out a dude. And she's just yeah. like, okay. Um, She never thought, you know, that they, her and her husband, like, didn't believe in reincarnation. They thought it was just a big load of BS. So he had talked about his other life, and he'd been, like, super unhappy. And now all of a sudden they had something to go off of, right? He's sitting there yeah. pointing at these things. Um, they went back to the library the next day and checked out a book about children who possessed memories from their past lives. And at this point, that's when she found out about Professor Jim Tucker. Like you were talking about yeah. him, the one that does all of the, the research and all that with kids. So she yeah, sat Yeah, I knew down. he had worked with Jim Tucker a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She sat down and she wrote him a letter that was like, hey, um, so my kid's a fucking weirdo. He is saying, basically, he he's saying that he pointed out this guy, and the guy's name is Marty Martin, um, who made an unbuilt cameo of Night After Night, right? That same movie. 
Yep, and there's not a lot out on the internet about this guy either, right? I don't know. I'm not good at inter- like I did these. Things I don't really think fast. that there was a lot that I, th- I think what I remember is that there wasn't a lot on the internet that they could have found to research on. This oh, guy. okay, okay. Um, so what they did do was they contacted Marty Martin's daughter, and took and took the the child Ryan over to meet with them. So, um, she met with Dr. Tucker Ryan and the mom Cindy. And along with public records, they confirmed more than 50 details that Ryan had reported about his life as Marty Martin. Like, I guess he was, I I was hearing one thing, like he was married five times. He had this big fancy house. He did say something about the street that he lived on being something about a rock. And he, he lived on like, I don't know, it was like Rock Boulevard or something like that. Like, just mm-hmm. odd details for a tiny little kid to know. But can you imagine yeah. your toddler being like, fuck this shit. I want to go back to my fancy life. You're no good, mom. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit about? I don't want that to happen. Like, come back and be completely dissatisfied. Anyway, um, it was cool. Like, the daughter was like, I guess, you know. It's not crazy. This is it. Can you imagine like dad coming back as a little tiny kid? He'd be like such an angry little toddler. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I thought that one was pretty funny. Of I hope he comes back as Anna's son someday. I hope he comes back as Anna's son too. I I think that she kind of she's got that one coming to her. She totally does. Angry little, angry little baby grandpa. Yes. Yes. But it's a girl somehow. Oh, man. Most of these cases, um, it's interesting to hear them because most of these cases had to do with, like, most people are the same gender when they come Most back. are. My next one is going to not be, actually. Some of them weren't, but, like... If you think about people that are like having gender identity crisis, maybe that's part of what it is. Gen- There's theory that this can like that's maybe some of the basis of gender dysphoria and even I mean like people have said homosexuality. I'm like, oh, that's been going on for oh, a long time. God. I don't know that that's no. Like I think people are just attracted no. to what they're attracted to, but gender dysphoria possibly. I think that if I've had other lives, like there's one where I think I I was a woman for it. That I have like a singular memory of something that makes no sense to me from when I went to a place. But oh. outside of that, I would not be surprised if I was a man in a lot of my last lives. I don't have gender dysphoria. I'm happy to be a woman right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody told me that I was a dude in most I, of my last lives. That that would probably make sense. Did I ever tell you that I had a dream once that the doc and I were like... <sighs> We were different people, like we were a different racial group, but we were together. Like yeah. I had a dream that we were another couple. That's crazy. I don't think you told me that. No, like we looked similar, but like we were a different race. It was the craziest dream. And I woke up like and it felt like it was like, I don't know, in the 1950s, 60s era. And I was like, this is so weird. A lot of these people do look similar. They did say that too, that 
uh, like this one. There have been there's a lot of these situations where they look very similar. The California toddler that has like the really crazy good golf swing. He basically said that he was Bobby Jones, who was like a really good golfer. And I guess that he yeah. looks super similar. Um, yeah, a lot of times they have that or like if they died in a certain way, they have some sort of the birth, birthmark or disfigurement or something like that that's indicative. That's a good segue actually into my next story. Okay. Unless you have, do you have more on Ryan? No. He just was like... Am I cutting it off? He okay. was an angry little dude. And I thought he was funny. That's adorable. Yeah. He's forgotten most of his stuff by now. I saw an episode of something where he got to meet with the daughter again as an older kid. And he just, he couldn't remember much anymore about Marty Martin's life or whatever that guy's name was. So Yeah, Marty Martin. I had to look at it again. He's he's lost his mostly, but he's, I think he's probably an adult by now. So, um. This next one is a girl named Pernima. I am not even going to try to say her last name because it just it will be really bad. Okay. So she was born in 1987. So she's a few years younger than I am in northern Sri Lanka, which in the city of Bakamuna, which I probably said really wrong. Mm-hmm. And she was born with a large birthmark on the left side of her chest. Oh. And yeah. Her dad is a principal at a school, and her mom was a teacher at that same school. And when she was little, she would tell people all the time, she would say, people who drive over people are bad persons. (laughs) (laughs) Frequently asked her mom if she also thought that people who cause accidents are bad people. Do you think, think, mom, that people who cause accidents are bad people? Because I do. Oh, no, I was going to say, do you remember when Anna thought that somebody went to prison because they threw a banana peel out the window? We were just talking about that literally two days ago. And she goes, I don't even know how that thought got in my head. (laughs) But she's like, she says that she can still like play back the scene in her head that she had of that person throwing a banana peel out the window. (laughs) I love it. It's great. And like what was lived in her brain for so many years. Okay, so anyway. Uh, There was one day when near their home, there was a bad car accident and it it physically upset her mom. She saw her mom just getting upset over seeing Mm -hmm. how terrible this accident was. And Pernima says to her mom, she goes, mom, don't be upset because I came to you. I came here after a similar accident. I closed my eyes and I came here. And then her mom starts asking questions. So she says, and again, this isn't a part of the world where reincarnation is believed in much more than okay. it is in the United States. So her mom thought of this right away and starts asking questions then. So she says, so did you go to a hospital? And she says, no, I couldn't go to a, a hospital because there was a large heap of iron on top of my body. <gasps> she had been killed by a large vehicle. And she said after the accident, she floated for a few days in a dimly lit setting with other people floating around her. And she said that she saw her own funeral and she watched people cry for her. Oh. And that after that, she saw a light and she went into the light. And then shortly thereafter, she was able to come here and be with her mom now. And so she explained that she had been a, a man in her past life. So okay. this is across genders. And that she was an incense maker and she named the brands of incense. So I'm going to probably butcher these names as well, but... Ambiga and Gata 
Pichcha. I think I heard this like story too. P-I-C-H-C-H-A. Yeah. So the parents did want to try to confirm this and they tried to find these incense brands, but they didn't just, they just didn't exist in her town. And this is the 1980s in Sri Lanka. Right. They're not going really anywhere else to try to find these incense brands. They're like, well, this isn't here. So we've never heard of this before. And so she told them that the factory for the incense was near a, or it was near a brick factory and a pond and that her family had two vans and a car. She said her mother's name was Simona and she attended Rahula school, but only through the fifth grade. And she also said that she had two wives in her past life. That's so at the same time. weird. So she had like a real life. And then I guess in Sri Lanka, if you live with somebody, you're considered married to them, even if you're not actually married. So there's like a double wife situation going on. Uh-oh. So I yeah. assume that's so not when she like was an four, okay thing to do. No, no, okay. it it's scandalous. So this is all before she's four years old. And so when they're four, they're watching a TV show about uh I looked this up. I had to redo all my notes and redo them this morning. So I think it's Kalia or let's see. Kalania Temple. Probably said that real wrong. Probably. Kalania Temple is what I'm gonna call it right now. Sorry if you know how to say that and I'm rooting it for you. So it was this temple was only 145 miles from their home, but they're watching a TV show. Okay, yeah. So I did hear this one. She yeah. She tells her parents that she recognizes it. So shortly thereafter, her parents decide they're going to take the students from their school on a field trip there, Mm -hmm. and they decide they're going to bring Purnima with. And so they bring her along, and when they're there, she tells them, I used to live across the river from here. I remember now that I lived across the river, and we could see this from our town. And so that's all really that, that she knew for the time being. That's all she told them. And so two years later, in 1993, her father ended up hiring a teacher named W.G. Sumanasiri. I am just going to call him the teacher from now on. That's not because his name. I'm going to say it wrong. So, yeah, he was from that the area where that temple was. That's where he lived with his wife, and he just came to work in their school during the week, and he would go home every weekend to the temple. Okay, and so. He decides he's going to mention Pranima's statements to the teacher. And so he decides that he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go check this out on the weekend one weekend. And so he heads over across the river with his brother-in-law and they start looking into incense is the first thing that they're really mm-hmm. going to start looking for over there to try to figure out what's going on. And so he does learn that there's three different families in that town that sell incense and he finds that they're is one particular maker of incense that sells the brands that she talked about. Who is also a... Ada Pichcha and... Who liked whatever it to was. get around so. and marry lots of women? Ambika, yeah. Ooh. What? I said who liked to get around and marry lots of women. I had a much harsher name that Maybe. I was going to say. Maybe. But then I thought twice oh, okay. about it. Yeah, so they do find... One of the manufacturers, that, that that person, right, the the family that owns that, there is a guy, I don't even, I can't say his name correctly. I'm going to call him L.A. for the purpose of this. If you want to know okay. more, I will provide a link that you can click on and read these names because I just, it's probably so disrespectful how I'm saying them. So um, this this guy, they, they figure out that this guy owns it and 
uh, through talking to people in the town, they learned that the guy that owns those brand used to have a brother-in-law who was his business partner as well. Mm -hmm. And his name was Gina Dasa Pereira. He had been killed in 1985, so two years before Pranima was born, when he was hit by a bus. He had been riding his bicycle to deliver incense to a market. And so they're like, oh, my God, this is the guy. Right? Right. Like the incense brand and the way that he was killed, spot on. (sighs) So the teacher comes back and tells Pranima's parents about it. And so they decide to go along with the teacher one weekend, brought Pranima with. And they make an unannounced visit to this family that owns this, these incense brands. Oh, they knock on the door. And as they're knocking on the door and waiting for them to answer the, the door, Pranima goes over to her mom and whispers to her, Mom, I had two wives. Um, this this is a secret. Don't give them my address. They might trouble me. <laughs> She's like worried about these two wives coming back in this life to yell at a little toddler girl about having two wives oh my god which i think is hilarious so okay so the the guy who owns the incense place now that you know like that was the the business partner of the guy that died so his daughters are home and they decide that they're going to let these guys in and talk to them but the the main guy the business partner wasn't home at the time and so when he comes home she told her mom that as soon as he came in before he said who he was or they were like, hi, dad, or whatever it was, she goes, that's my brother-in-law. Oh, no. And it's so weird. And so they they start talking and she's looking at the incense packages and she goes, did you change the cover of the packages? <laughs> and of course he had. <laughs> and throughout their conversation, she tells him about an injury that he had on his knee that she wants help to apply medication to, which was true. She asked him about past life friends by name. She asked about his wife, who would have been Gina Dasa's sister, oh. how she was doing because she wasn't home. He asked about his own mother because she was still alive by name. She mentioned that their home and factory had been moved since her past life, which was correct. And her past life's younger sister ended up showing up at the house. They were probably <gasps> calling people and saying, like, get over here get right over now. Here. This is crazy because wouldn't you? And when she showed up, he was like, hello, and, like, gave her name. Wait, so when this was happening, exactly who she was. how old was the girl? I think she was four or six. I think it was okay. four, though. So you get a phone call. Like a little kid. Yeah, little you kid. get a phone call. And it's and not like, like it's a, f- you can't look this person up. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, my God, sister, our dead brother is back, and he's actually a four-year-old girl. You need to get over here right now. This is wild. (laughs) Yeah. Like you would obviously be doing that. So this family was convinced, obviously, because there's I think there were 20 different statements that that she gave that were accurate. I think there were a couple that were inaccurate. But um, but yeah, 20 statements or she's a psychic that that were just like just yeah, or or a psychic. But so she also knew how to make incense. There's apparently two methods. There's one with coal and one with dung that you can do. And so okay. her parents only knew about the one that was made out of poop. And she was like, no, we used coal. And she explained the whole process, the the, the charcoal method that they used, which was correct. Okay. And and so just all these things. But that's how they did it. But that's where I learned about 
switching sexes, you know, that that could maybe be one of the reasons that people experience gender dysphoria. This dysphoria, dysphoria, I said that was really (laughs) gender dysphoria. So this is not the case with Pranima in this particular situation. She is very feminine and comfortable with that, which I think is just fine, too. Um, Yeah, she's actually really, really beautiful. There were some pictures up of her. Like as an Um, older person? Yeah, but that one. Well, no, she was like in her, she was a teenager, I think, in the pictures that I saw. But yeah, did you? I mean, so a can lot. You just of, imagine somebody I coming know. to you and being like saying all this stuff about your dead sibling or aunt or uncle or whatever. Like they never said anything happened with the wives. I'm sure. I mean, they're not gonna come yell at a little girl. There was but. the other one, the guy James, the World War Two fighter pilot that I said I wasn't going to talk a lot about but he did have a sister like the dude died when he was like 20 or whatever and um yeah like he did meet up with his sister like former sister um Hmm. and and she was just like yeah there's things we can't explain here um so she didn't not believe like um he asked about I think a painting that their mother had commissioned and he, there was like one for her, one for him or something like that. And he was like, Hey, do you know where my painting is? And she's just like, Oh, that's crazy. The fuck? I know. I know. So a lot of what I we said about portals, one. did you like basically being shot out of your mom is the portal. <laughs> that's weird. A lot no, of them used that word like that. I guess maybe from, I don't know, like there was one that I read and I don't remember all the details of this one because I read so many. There was one where the little girl was able to identify her husband and family. She had died after, I think it might have even been that first one I was talking about, but I didn't finish the notes on it after I redid it. So they contact the family and they were able to find out that the mom like that this woman died, but she had a husband and kids. And so this girl, and it might have been that first one I was talking about, but I think it might have been because it was a surgery that I said, right, that she died from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they found it and the little girl called her former husband until he died every day, like twice a day. <gasps> no. They would just chat on the phone. Like it was like an innocent conversation, no. but they just stayed in contact and talked every day until that man died. Oh. I'm touched. Wouldn't <laughs> no. it be so weird to just like your wife dies and you're like, well, I'm just going to talk to this little kid for the rest of my life because this oh. is probably my soulmate, but just in like a weird, cre- not creepy way in this life. You know, like. Yeah. That's so crazy. Just there so was some other ones. Like strange. there was the guy who told his dad, I remember when I used to change your diapers. <laughs> like oh he yeah. was his he came back as his grandpa. There was quite a few happens a lot. Um there was quite a few where they came back like as a family member. And it that's why I'm saying like it kind of makes me excited to have grandchildren so I can be like, Who are you? Are you somebody I know? Are we going to have a let let let's connect. Let's let's catch up. Let's find um, and out then, who you are. Yes. So there's that, the family connections, there's people that came back as oh, they were just sitting up there waiting 
and they got to pick their parent. Like who's going to, some of them came back with the same yeah. name. There was one kid named Cameron that came back as a Cameron. Or sometimes they ask to be called the name of somebody else. Yeah. You can just, too. excuse me, you can just call me Bobby. And they're like, that's not my name. You're going to call me something else. Oh, man. There's so many. Like, I think that we do pick names. I think I would need to do an entire whole extra episode on what I've learned about life between lives, which is actually a book name. Um, There's a psychiatrist who's passed away now, and his name was Dr. Michael Newton, I believe was his name. Um, I might be saying that wrong, in which case when I do the episode, I'll do a whole episode His name is Dr. Newton. Dr. Michael Newton. Michael. I just said. No. So he he was a psychiatrist that accidentally through trying to regress somebody back to when some pain started on their body, uh, brought them back to, of course, because he didn't believe in past lives, and he accidentally brought them back to World War One. Oh, no. And... And he had been he was somebody that studied World War One extensively, so he knew all about their uniforms and all those kinds of things. And as this person starting to describe what happened to their leg and why it was hurting, he starts he he says he felt felt terrible about how he approached it because he just suddenly realized what was happening and he needed to know all these details about the uniform to find out if if this was really happening, you know, right. if he was really hearing something about World War One and and he was. It was it was not an American uniform, it was a French uniform, I believe, that he was describing. So it wasn't something that a normal person usually knows. Right. Um and so he said that he probably put this person unfortunately through maybe some trauma of reliving things that he shouldn't have in order to figure out if that was the case. But then he was able at one point to realize that that people could talk about what happened, not even just in the past life, but what happened between. And he found patterns, and it didn't matter what religion they were. And it wasn't that he his he kept his research secret from even his friends and other people in the community so that he could keep anybody from knowing what he was talking about and where those similarities might show up across people. And he was yeah. getting the same experience described. I mean, some, some variations, but same experiences or types of experiences across people from all walks of life and just realized that, yeah. that something crazy was going on here. And he studied it for a long, long time. There's other people that use his methods to get information out of people now, yeah, but that's what I, I can do a whole too. separate episode about that. I've read a so, couple of his books and listened to a lot of the interviews he gave before he passed away. That's the crazy part is that it's not just in, it's not just in America. It's not just in wherever, like this is worldwide it's worldwide. It's all different religions. It's like the people that are studied. It's so much deeper than just one section of the population. That's the crazy part about it. There was this one little girl. She was so upset. She told her mom, well, I loved my rainbow family more than I loved you. Like talking about like that in between. Um, yeah. <laughs> There was this one book that I was reading about My this, but it was talking about like there was like a hall of music. Um, and I read about this after having a crazy dream about going to this place where there was like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like 
there was almost like musical it was like a wall and it was surrounding this big pool of water in this beautiful building and there was all these different Mm -hmm. colors and almost like those audio like those panels that are on the walls to help with like sound Mm -hmm. it felt like the entire room was surrounded by these things but it was all these beautiful colors and it was like music in this hall and I had this dream about going there, you know, and I felt so good and at peace and all this other stuff. And then I was reading this book and it was describing that place. But in the afterlife and it was talking about like life themes and one of them, you know, was music, which I feel like is important to me. And I was just like, whoa, did I astro travel there in my dreams anyway so this you little girl was talking about having a memory yeah so this little girl was like talking about basically like the in-between and she called it her princess family because she had this like awesome like rainbow princess castle or something and but you still have this child's um vocabulary yes you know? and if you have these memories but you have to talk about it through like like, do you think that the, I think these are bad persons that yes! run over people? So, you know, like they, they still have a child's vocabulary that they're telling you for. But like, it would hurt my feelings if my toddler was like, "I don't really love you as much as my rainbow family." Like my, I know, right? My rainbow princess family. Do you have any weird memories that you can't explain? Like where you don't like, where you're like, man, maybe this is a past life. Like a weird thing that's happened to you ever. <sighs> Well, here's here's the thing. I think that dad kind of fucked us over in this regard because so our dad had this hobby, I'm going to call it, that he thought was entertaining. It was a psychology hobby, apparently, where he thought it would be funny to plant memories in his children's head. He's like, like, you can make kids think that they remember something happened that didn't actually happen. So he would do these things to me where he'd be like, hey, Jules, remember when you were little and we used to go to the beach and we built these giant sandcastles and then we lived in the castles and then blah, blah, blah. And then as a little kid, I was like, I could see it in my head, you know, like this image that he would put together. And it really fucked with my memories. And he thought it was hilarious. So, yeah, I don't really yeah, know. A dick. I mean, if you can't, if you didn't figure that out from the Go Boy episode. Yeah. 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 Um, Great job, Dad. One time our dad just did some, he played some jokes on me. It might not be the time for me to tell him, but someday I will. Um, all oh, he was all played on me. Dad's a Loki trickster. I have one memory that I don't really understand where it came from, but we... I was driving in this town that's near us. It's that really cute one that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like maybe 20 minutes yep. away from where I live right now. So there's this town. It's adorable. And I fucking love it there. And I'm sure other people do too. I mean, I'm not the only one that loves it. But I just really, really love this town. And there was a college there a long time ago. And the building's been used for a lot of things, but there was one day where I was trying to find, I think I was trying to find an open house or yeah, something. Yeah, we were along looking that for open line in that area. You were with yeah, me I was when with I you. realized this, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And so we got lost and we ended up back down by this building that used to be this old college. And now it's apartment buildings. 
but we got down there and I suddenly just had this memory of being there. And I think for some reason in my head, I think it was probably the 1960s. And I believe that I was in my 20s. I was a girl and it was raining outside. That's so weird. And and I was there in that courtyard kind of area in between two of the probably dorm buildings. But I've done research on that time, just trying to figure out maybe what had gone on there. I there there were it was like a a school for priests at that point in the 1960s. It wasn't like a college that a girl would have been at or a woman would have been at. Hmm. And so it's just really strange to me. I know that I love the 1970s a lot. And like the music that I listen to, I am a bigger fan of 1970s and early 80s music than I am anything that's made today. I like 1970s things. I love 1970s houses. I need a Bronco so bad. <laughs> and I wish I had one from the 1970s, honestly. Um, so I, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, did I die, you know, in my thirties or something in my last life in the seventies? Cause that would make sense from when I was born. I don't know, but I yeah. just, I know that I was there and I've tried to find recently because I was just, as I've been getting more into this, I'm like, maybe I could find something that would spark my memory or something that would look familiar to me if I saw like my own obituary or something. So I've been trying to look for <laughs> I think that would be a really hard died younger in that town. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if there, I have access to newspapers from around here. Yeah. If if I died, you know, in my 30s or something in the 1970s, perhaps I could find an, obitu- an obituary from there that had an obituary? a name on it. That a obituary, uh, an obituary that would have my name on it or something. You know, like a name and a picture. Yeah. From the 70s, totally. What if you were a um, dude? What if you were a dude? Maybe I was a dude and I was going to school to be a, a priest. That Maybe you were a nun. Me, could have happened. Maybe that's why you don't want to get married. And you don't like rings God? because you're married to the Lord. <laughs> I'm still married to the Lord in my head. Oh, I've really, really struggled in this life if that was the case. Yes. <laughs> you're going to hell. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's my weird thing. Um yeah, I so you believe really want to talk more about life between and reincarnation. Yeah, one hundred percent. I yeah, I've been sold on it for yeah five years at least. I've been sold on it for a lot longer than five years. Again, like I said, we were raised very Christian, but it, once I got to be an adult and I started questioning some things, um, sometimes in my life I've had some premonitions um things that are unexplained I always have like a pull towards certain things like just a lot of stuff didn't make sense to me um there are some uh the doc sent me some articles that I'm sorry dude I didn't read them but he did pull some stuff for me um he was trying to tell me about some stuff that was actually in the bible that was maybe omitted that had to do with reincarnation. Hmm. So um, it's complex. But to me, it doesn't make sense that there would be like all of these billions and billions and billions of individual souls 
that would go to an afterlife, right? And then, like, it would make more sense. Energy to me. can't be recycled. It can't be. Yeah, like you. Well, energy can't just go nowhere. Energy has to go somewhere. So our energy has to be going somewhere when we die. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's a spark. We're just a little meat puppet that, you know, we're here. Yeah. We get to use this. I honestly believe that we come here, that before we come here, we have something in mind that we want to learn and that we set the path for that. Like there's probably still some choices that can be made. It's not like, you know, it's predestined or whatever, but I honestly do believe that we come here for a reason. There's something we're trying to accomplish. And sometimes I wonder if there's some, you know, like the really bad people. I wonder if they're just like, not like soulless people, but kind of like just props that are put here to teach us lessons. Yeah, kind of. There's a way that that was explained from that psychiatric experiment that I'd love to talk about. Um, I'll probably take it'll probably take me about two episodes, I think, to get through okay. everything that he learned. Maybe more, but I'll try to keep it maybe to two episodes. I'll start reading that sometime soon on that particular topic. But um, I do think that there's not even just the earth, but I think that our souls go in different places, too. I I take a medication that makes me remember my dreams now. Which is like it's not meant to. It's just a side effect, and most of the time you don't want to remember most of your dreams. It's not. I wish I didn't, but um, I am able to really lucidly dream and run on all four legs, <laughs> like I'm like a fucking wolf or something. It's amazing, though. It's the best feeling ever. But whenever I see my dogs running, I'm like, yes, I want to do that so bad again. Um, like in my head, because I do that in my dreams and I love it. And I so I think at some point I had something where I was like that. There was a story when one person was their own cat. Like, okay. They were the that, family's cat. I don't know about that. And then there was another one that the person said that they lived in Mars, lived, they were from Mars or something. <laughs> like the little kid was like, you humans are so stupid. You, you breathe oxygen and that's why you age so fast. It's a crazy world out there, everyone. We could talk about this for days, days and days. Oh, my God. Yes. Forever. So is that it? Are we done with this episode? I think we need to be done with the episode. Yeah. Yeah. The next time we cover this, I would really love to just crap on the life between lives. If you'd be all right with that. I will just let you talk and I will... I will be here for the comic relief, okay? Okay, cool. And it won't be like right away. There's some alien stuff I want to get to again soon. And we got to get spooky for Halloween and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. We're we're going to be doing... Yeah. Next episode up is Spooky Stories. Okay, cool. So I'll give our last little spiel here for everybody. So... If you enjoyed this episode or enjoyed any other episodes, please, please leave us a a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We would love if it was five stars, but even if it's four, if it's one, I hope you aren't listening to us anymore and you don't even try. But we, we want our people and we want them. Um, tell a friend about us as well. We would love to get more people listening to us. We've been starting to ramp up a little bit again, which is great, but we'd love more listeners. You can find us. Um, to help support and 
help us create more content with better equipment at patreon.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast. You can find us on Instagram or TikTok. I make some super fun videos there at weird shit my mom says podcast. You can find us on Twitter at weird shit MMS pod. And you can find us at facebook.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast. And that is leaving the eye out of shit on Facebook because you can't say shit on Facebook. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.